0: Welcome to the Equipping Podcast. My name is Karen Henson, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Nathan Wagnon. What's up? What you couldn't see him, but he did the deuces, so <laughs> yep. glad y'all are here. Well, we are so glad to be back with Bruce Demerist for this final episode and talking about the spiritual life as a journey. So we hope you enjoy. Okay, so we've been Through, so far, from the last podcast up to now, the converted life, the learning life, uh, the productive life, we've hit the wall. We went to the journey inward, and now what's next? Where are we?
1: Yeah, what God has taken away, he gives back. Amen, brother. (coughs) In in terms of the journey
2: outward. He gives it back in spades. Yes,
1: he gives it back, but he gives it back to people that are transformed, Mm. renewed, Uh, with with an altogether uh, Christ-centered focus, uh, where our vision, our focus, our heart is now focused on Christ. It's not focused on ourselves. Mm. It's not focused on accomplishments merely, but we journey outward. We journey back into ministry with a totally different orientation, Mm. a transformation, altered focus. We're dwelling in a different place now, and we Knowing that we're loved and accepted by God, we now have a—you a, might say—a compelling call to discipleship. You know, our motivation is now more authentic. It, mm-hmm. it uh, our motivation is rooted in our new self in Christ, uh, as a result of the transformation from that uh, season of inner journey. And now we discover our true vocation, which is serving the interests of others for Jesus' sake. And our ministry now is done not out of a sense of duty or compulsion, but uh, with a a sense of vision and love, confidence and calm. Uh, I remember at the end of my uh, time in this renewal community when our small group, our formation group, had uh, got together and and I realized that, you know, they were actually – five women and myself in this group. And I said, this is no accident. This is a God thing. (laughs) And what God was doing to me was really working on my feminine side during that time. Mm -hmm. You know, my nurturing, uh, relational, compassionate side. Mm -hmm. And I looked around at these five women and I said, I probably will never meet them again in this life. But journeying with them in this group was most transforming. God used them as they shared their heart to, to change my heart. And as we said, our, our final prayer together and uh, went on our separate ways, God spoke to me. He spoke to my heart. And he said, this has been a, a, a profound and renewing experience, has it not been? But now I have one last word to you. And he said, as you leave this place and as you go on your journey, I want you to leave... To put down footprints in the sands of time that serve others, that nurture others, that love others, and further their highest interests in the kingdom of God. I want you to change the whole focus, direction, and uh, passion of your life. So this really was a huge, Mm. huge turning point that was all brought about by hitting the wall, Mm. but by... Uh, Than taking God at His word and focusing on Him and going deeper through the practice of spiritual disciplines and allowing myself to be transformed more and more into the likeness of His beloved Son Jesus.
2: Yeah, that's so good. I think too uh, the other side of the wall. The answer to the to the dangers of the productive life is not that you know we do nothing. But just like the Spirit impressed on you at that moment in your life is, hey, I actually have a deeper work for you to do. It's a renewed vision of what being on mission with Christ looks like. When your exterior life is in step with your interior life, and when, when those things are synced up and you're actually doing things motivated by the love of god then your ministry becomes a transformative ministry because the holy spirit has done such a significant formative work in your life that the love of god is spilling out over and is affecting the lives of people around you and and that's a much different type of ministry than someone who's smack dab and stuck in the productive life I liked the word you used a minute ago, Bruce, where you said there's a calm about people in the outward life. They're not trying to impress anybody. They're not trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. There's just a sense of, I see God all around me and I'm opening myself to um, what he would have me do today in this moment where he has me. There's very much the sense of, of just what is he doing right now and how can I cooperate with him for the love of God. God? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Bruce, is how sometimes other Christians can view people who have matured to this stage.
1: Um, some might think that we've lost our minds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs>
2: you crazy. So, so why? You know, so, okay.
0: Why do you say that? You know, <laughs>
1: Well, our focus is entirely on Christ. I mean, we we enjoy life. We enjoy our family. We enjoy good food. We enjoy music. uh, We enjoy the outdoor world. Maybe we enjoy fishing. We may enjoy athletics. But the person at this stage is so Christ-centered that people wonder, what's happened to you? You know, why? You're missing out on life, perhaps. But no, no. God gives a life back and 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 we enjoy life far more intensely than than we ever did before, because our heart is so focused on Christ. Mm. That's good.
0: We begin to do things not because we have to or because we need to, but we're doing kingdom work because we get to. And we begin to say yes to the opportunities we feel like God's really calling us to, not just every empty, empty space that we should step into. Totally,
2: yeah, you're, you're not trying to fill that void anymore. I mean, uh, the you're not trying to answer the question, who am I? Mm-hmm. You're not trying to answer the question, who is God? People who are in this stage end up doing kingdom-type work because the kingdom has been deeply formed in them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's, like, uh, it's it's like just coming out. Mm-hmm. The end of Colossians, where Paul talks about, um, I labor to this end to present the body mature before Christ. I'm working to do this. But the work that I'm doing to do this is actually the work of God that is working itself out through me. And so there's this there's this acknowledgement of, yes, I'm doing this, but the more doing that you do, the more you realize that you're not the one who's doing it.
0: Say that five times, Beth. So there's not, it's not striving. It is the spirit.
2: It's surrender. Like I, yeah. like I'm increasingly becoming convinced that the key to the life of discipleship is surrender. Just get out of the way. And what I mean by that is just like your ego, your, your insecurities, your woundedness, your like surrender that stuff. And and it's not, you know, I want to make sure that people hear me correctly on this because I don't think that that happens overnight. And I don't think that it's something that. If you're in a spot where you haven't fully surrendered all the things, like I have, I mean, there are definitely parts of my heart that I haven't fully surrendered to God, but I know that the Spirit is working there, yeah. and I know that He's patient. I'm just not worried, like, oh, is this going to happen or not? You know, it's like, hey, the, like He's got you,
0: and He's not angry at you. Yeah, but the more yeah. you surrender, the the more joy is in that. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, as Nathan has said, you're laying aside your hangups here. Your- your woundedness, your, the addictions that we use to self-medicate, you laying all of that aside and allowing God to be God in your life. And as a result, we're being born along by the Holy Spirit so that God is now freer to work in your life. And he's accomplishing his work. And he's opening doors uh, of opportunity for, for heartfelt, loving ministry that you never thought of, you never dreamed of before. But now it's God's heart at work and it's God's spirit that's at work accomplishing God's agenda and God's purposes, no longer my own, but rather God's as he moves us along, bringing forth fruit to bless people and to extend his kingdom. It's all of God at this point.
2: Yeah, you realize that the fruit of the spirit is actually the fruit of the spirit. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and, <laughs> that was so, profound. <laughs>
0: so I love that letting God be God because God didn't cease to be God in the first few mm-hmm. stages of this but you finally have learned how to rightly acknowledge and live as yep. though he is who he says he is yep
2: That's good. So we started in the converted life, moved to the learning life, moved to the productive life, slammed into a wall, (laughs) took a deliberate journey inward where, uh, you know, God has given us a renewed vision for mission to be on mission with him. And I think that switching to this last stage that we'll talk about, again, one of the biggest transformations I mentioned earlier was where I realized that the highest end of the spiritual life was not doing things for God, but was God himself. And uh, have had a handful of just conversations with people over the last uh, five, six years. When you get into discipleship circles, sometimes, and by that, I mean like people who talk and write and think about discipleship a lot. But when you get into these circles, a lot of times people will ask the question like, hey, what does a mature disciple look like? How are they characterized? How do you define a mature disciple? and through Bruce's writing, through uh, the critical journey, through my, my own journey in scripture and uh, with the Holy Spirit, I think that Jesus has just shown me that this is really true. That the ultimate end of the spiritual life is not productivity. It's not all of the great things that I can accomplish for, for God, um, but is actually marked and characterized by the love of God. Of course, that directly corresponds to what Jesus said. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) that. Love the Lord your God (laughs) with all of your heart, soul, mind, and and strength, and to love others as yourself.
1: Yeah, this certainly is the sum and bonum of the Christian life, no doubt about that. As regards the uh, life of love, I'm impressed by all of the uh, commands and injunctions in Scripture to love, to love one another, to love God, to love others, and even to love oneself. But now, unconditional love uh, really rules rules in one's heart. More and more unconditional love. Not that we love perfectly, for we're not quite perfected yet. Only when we see Jesus will we be. But now we have this desire to live compassionately for other people and uh, to immerse ourselves in the lives of those who formerly may have been unloving who may have offended us or who may have hurt us we now uh, are guided by by the rule of love it was john of the cross said when the evening of this life comes you will be judged on love on love alone in this stage uh, we live in the reality of the beatitudes we are poor in spirit we mourn we hunger and thirst for righteousness we should be pure in heart and peacemakers among enemies. I like to think earlier in my journey, before transformation had taken place, if somebody slapped me on the face, I probably would have slapped them back. But, uh, but now, because love rules the heart, I, I find myself turning my cheek and saying, if you want to slap me again, you can. <laughs> Just don't do me in altogether. So we live in this blessed reality of love. And at one point on this retreat, as, as God challenged me with living now a life of love and my doing, I said to God, okay, Lord, you ask me to lay down my life and love for other people. Who is going to care for me and, and my wife and my family? Who's going to care for my needs? And Jesus didn't bat an eye. He came right back to me and said, simply or powerfully. I will. I'll take care of your needs and the needs of your family. So if you give your life in love for other people and lay down that life in compassionate service to others, be assured I'll take care of you and supply your needs. But now this is going to be your joy and your delight of living in love for other people it's much more blessed to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. It's much more blessed to love others than to expect things in return. So uh, this is a challenge. It's not easy. We've got to consistently go back to our spiritual disciplines and healthy spiritual habits, but to stay connected with with the Lord and allow his spirit to flow through us so that the life we live will be a life of sacrificial love for others
2: mm-hmm. there's a great story in the early church tradition of john who was a very old man in ephesus and the guys that he was teaching would carry him to the house church where he was an elder and um, when he came in all he would say the whole time is just love one another love one another love one another Love one another. And as you might imagine, um, the guys responded to him like almost like he's a crazy old man, you know, (laughs) like, like, uh, like, hey, John, seriously, dude, like, why do you keep saying this over and over again? Like they ask him, I I can almost feel that doesn't say this on the page, but you feel the frustration from these guys, you know, like, why do you keep saying this? And he looked back at him and he just said, because that's the command of the Lord. And if you learn to do that, it's enough. I mean, in my mind, that almost takes me back, all the way back to the person of Jesus, where I see a young John who's learning from the master, and he's teaching him to love. Man, that is that is something that only the Spirit of God can wrought in the disciple's life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I, I I just think about how many scriptures we could point to that that love is the central commandment of them. And it makes me sit here and think, man, why can I not just get it? Mm. Like, why can't I just grasp it? It seems so much easier. It should be so much easier. And yet that's where we go back to where we started this podcast series of life is a journey. The spiritual life Mm -hmm. is a journey. And that is what God has intended for us. So he didn't intend for us to become converted and then to skip to the life of love. I know, right?
1: (laughs) Like it
0: would be ideal in my, in my eyes, but that's not what the Lord has for us. And so it's okay. It's okay. Wherever you're at, it's okay. Whatever stage you're in. Um, but to know that, that the life of love is what he has called us to is a good thing.
2: Hmm. Well, Bruce talked practically with us about what do you do for the person who's asking, I want to get there, but I want to get there like right now. Like, why can I not just mature overnight in the frustration of, maybe feeling like they've been in a stage too long or they've reverted back to a previous stage? or what, what's, what's your word for that person?
1: Hmm. What I found is that uh, God is a very patient God, and as the Eternal One, He's in no hurry. <laughs> he realizes that we are time-bound, and we have a certain um, number of years on, on this planet but realize that uh, transformation does not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. We may have wasted uh, a number of years in frivolous things, but God, as we yield to him, as we trust him, as we look to him, is going to work that transformation into Christ-likeness in our lives and in the lives of those we love. He is going to do that work if we open ourselves to him and trust him and, and fix our attention on him. He's going to do it. He's going to do it At the right time, in the right places, through the right people, but he certainly will do that. Uh, So let's not rush the process. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's, a phrase that's used is let's live into the question. When we hit the wall, let's, uh, let's stay there, let's dwell on it, let's ponder and pray what God is doing. But let's take that inner journey of practicing healthy spiritual habits individually and and communally. And let's allow God to work through us as we uh, move outward in service of love to other people. Uh, Let's be patient. Let's wait God's time. But let's keep in step with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Let's be moving as God moves and not fall behind. And perhaps in conclusion, I'd like to quote the great church father, uh, Augustine of Hippo, relative to the journey, when he reminds us that on earth, we are wayfarers, we are always on the way to go. This means we have to keep on moving forward. We need to be always unhappy about where we are, if we want to reach where we are not. And if we are pleased with where we are, we have stopped already. And if you and I say, it's enough, I've arrived, you're lost. Mm -hmm. Augustine closes, keep on walking, keep moving forward in Christ with a heart and mind fixed on him, keep striving for the goal. And that's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Keep striving for the goal of conformity to the likeness of Christ and it's going to be done individually and corporately as our responses, practicing healthy spiritual habits or spiritual practices.
0: Good. And so we can say, like, even looking at the life of love, like, hey, everyone is not necessarily going to get here in their spiritual walk. And so that itself shouldn't even be the goal. The goal is always to love God more and to love people more.
2: Yeah, there's a sense of, because again we're we're stuck in a lot of woundedness and there's a sense in all of this of of i've got to fix myself how do i do that and that that you're asking the wrong question because the reality of it is you can't and that's the point is that the spirit is the one who brings about this transformation and he does so directly corresponding to how deeply you're yielding yourself to him so which is why the Paul, at least a handful of times in the New Testament, is like, hey, don't quench the spirit. Yeah. You know, The spirit's working. Don't get in his way, like Bruce has said a handful of times. like uh, you, We need to walk in step with the spirit. But Bruce, I love that, that you quoted Augustine, mm-hmm. um, one, because it's Augustine, but two, what Paul says in Philippians immediately came into my mind. Um, he said, one thing I do, I forget what's behind, mm-hmm. and I press on toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that goal, that prize, it is God himself. It's this, hey, I'm not going to sit in the muck and the mire of what's behind me. I'm going to do what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And when that happens, then I think there's a natural relaxation. that Your identity question is answered, but there's a natural relaxation and you're able to look at the beauty of christ and the beauty of christ compels you and when you do that then you're you're being controlled by the holy spirit mm-hmm. i think uh, just to close this discussion i would just ask you as the listener what stage of of uh, this journey do you think you're currently in i would encourage you this and in, in all of the times that i've talked about this i would say this is true that uh, people typically are a, a more lenient on themselves and more critical of others. And so I was talking to a guy one time about this and I mean, this guy had been a Christian for like five minutes, you know, <laughs> didn't know which way is up or down. And, uh, and yeah, he, I think he was putting himself in like stage five or six and so <laughs> I had to like it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I gently. Yeah. I mean, it was like a, so I would just say like, hey, just recognize that this is a journey of a lifetime that the spirit is is taking you on. So uh, be honest with yourself about where you are. So I think that's a good question to consistently ask is, hey, where do you think you are? And then and then a follow up question is, do you think you're stuck there? Have you spent too much time there and why? Or maybe are you progressing and how is that happening and how can you further agree with the Spirit's work in your life as he transforms you into the image of Christ. Ultimately, not so that you can be more productive for God, you know, but so that you can uh, know him and the power of his resurrection to share with him in his sufferings and to become like him in his death. And uh, I think that that's where life is found. That's the, that's the, Irony of Christianity. <laughs> so, when you finally realize that you're not God and you surrender and you die to yourself, that's where you're going to find life.
1: Mm-hmm. I say Amen and Amen to all of that, and uh, and wish your uh, your body or your listeners to uh, the fullness of life in Christ mm-hmm. and the joy and privilege of being used to Him to love on others that need to know Him in a saving way. Amen. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, brother, I don't think it's an overstatement to say thank you to a man who has yielded himself to the Spirit's work and has been given a ministry born out of the quiet assuredness of the love of God. And so, Bruce, thank you, brother. It's a privilege to speak with you, um, it's a privilege to have been influenced by you. And I, I would just say to pay you a high compliment. I think I'm walking closer with Jesus because of what he's done in your life.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be one in the body of Christ mm. and uh, be walking with him and serving him for kingdom purposes. The Lord continue to lead you both closer to him and to use you in freedom for his glory and, and the good of others. That's my prayer for you folks. Amen.
2: We hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Bruce Demarest. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, we would encourage you to do that. And wherever you are, our prayer is that the Spirit would continue to mature you and that you would know the width, length, height, and depth of the love of God.